Today, we have Joanne Spiegel on the show with us. Joanne is the Director of Operations for Cocktail Kingdom's Logistics Division and General Manager of the Miracle Franchise. With over 21 years of experience in the bar, restaurant, and hospitality industry, Joanne has created award-winning cocktails that have been tasted by thirsty customers both nationally and internationally. Hi, everyone. I'm Claudia Sarek. And I'm Zach Mack. And this is So You Want to Run a Restaurant, Holiday Special, powered by Back of House, where we let you have a seat at the holiday table to talk about trending topics in the restaurant industry. The Miracle Pop-Up franchise was born in 2014 when Greg Bohm decided to pause construction of his cocktail bar, Mace, in East Village of New York City. Greg transformed the space into a Christmas wonderland with holiday-themed cocktails and an overabundance of decor that would cause even the biggest Grinch to get into the Christmas spirit. Due to the pop-up's extreme popularity, Miracle has continued to grow in international markets around the globe, including Europe, Asia, Canada, and Central America. Joanne also helps to create cocktails for Sip and Santa, another Christmas-themed location that acts as a companion to Miracle. Sip and Santa is the combination of the two themes, Tiki and Christmas. So think of the place where Santa would vacation after he's done flying around the world delivering presents. Currently, Sip and Santa has partnered with 27 locations across North America for the upcoming holiday season. We're super excited to talk to Joanne about her history in the industry, her love for the art of cocktail making, and what it's like being in charge of these Christmas and holiday-themed pop-ups as we head into the holiday season. Joanne, welcome to the show. Joanne, we're so happy you're here. I'm, I'm especially glad because Miracle has been an annual tradition of mine now for since it started, and I'm proud to say that. Uh, but I just wanted to, actually, this is the first time we've met, and I was just wanted to ask you, uh, a little bit about your story, and, and you grew up in Ireland, and how did you make your way over to the U.S., and what actually is it that got you started in the industry? Um, well, I came over here in 1998, and like a typical Irish immigrant, you, you go into a few avenues uh, in this country, uh, one of them predominantly the, the hospitality business, right? So uh, I kind of used that um, to travel around your country a bit, so kind of chased things like the Jersey Shore, uh, Florida, uh, Virginia, anywhere there was like beach and sun at the start and uh, kind of chasing those uh, bartender gigs uh, up and down the coast, uh, Philadelphia for a while and landed in New York in 2001. And, you know, I mostly worked in um, kind of high volume sports bars, neighborhood bars, clubs, you know, uh, wasn't even yeah. aware that there was a, a craft cocktail community out there. Um, until kind of stumbling along it, uh, probably around 2009 and 10, when I got into um, competitive bartending of um, kind of more forced into it by liquor reps of like, hey, you're always creating something behind the bar. Do you want to enter into X, Y, and Z? And just real happenstance of of um, winning a couple and, and being sent on trips to places like Tales of the Cocktail, and uh, you know, being a a very, very naive Irish woman still at that time. Like, I didn't even know where Louisiana was at that time. Like, New Orleans? I'm like, I've heard of it, but, you know, where is it? I didn't even have a smartphone back in those days. Like, I, and I, I didn't know how to use jiggers. I didn't know there was cocktail books. Like, I was very cocooned within my Irish neighborhood sport bar type environments of where it's just banter, you know, serving your, 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 your guests and really tending to the bar is the kind of style of bartending that I've, you know, 
broken my chops on before I got into the actually educational side of things and more kind of, I don't know, uh, career advancement within that uh, niche of, of, of the hospitality sector. Sure. So what was what was the first place you were working at? Do you like did you have like a pivotal moment? Like was there a book someone gave you or just like a maybe like a manager or a supervisor or something you had or, or, or co-worker that kind of inspired you to be like, you know what, I'm going to put down the, you know, the whiskey ginger ale and I'm going to try maybe like a tiki cocktail or something. Well, like, was there something that happened? It was, it was actually quite linear from Tales of the Cocktail in 2010 uh, when I, you know, flew down there and uh, it was, I was one of the finalists, four finalists for a Quantro competition. And one of the other finalists from Boston, uh, David Delaney, like we just instantly bonded and he was an absolute and is an absolute cocktail nerd. So, you know, he was telling me like, oh, there's a Frenet party over here. And I'm like, what's Frenet? You know, oh, this person's this person. And I'm like, who the hell is that person? So like, I literally <laughs> latched onto him and then he took me about New Orleans. And from there, I just became like, if he was in a competition, I was, you know, I found someone that inspired me within the community. And then through that, it was kind of like the gateway drug into everybody else of, uh, of, of just... Events like, you know, Tales of the Cocktail, Portland Cocktail Week, you know, Manhattan Cocktail Classic, they've been very useful in their times to, to really give you a concentrated exposure to so many brands and so many other bartenders and operators uh, and to really see a lot of passionate people in one spot that can really give you a crash course and everything. You know, I mean, the, the veil was lifted and I was in awe that, you know, people had made careers out of this. And I always thought like, you know, for a time, I mean, Bartending was fantastic and it afforded me a great income to travel around the country, but I was doing it again because it was the gateway into America. Like I was battling for my green card. I was, you know, working for Irish people, sometimes under the table of just, you know, fixing the needs of whatever was at the time. I had no idea that you could really elevate yourself through this, uh, through this community and, and really, you know, have an impactful career and life because of it. Like that, that was the turning point for me. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Tales of the Cocktail. I kept thinking Tales of the Crypt, Halloween pop-up bar, <laughs> christmas theme pop-up bar. I thought, is that how this all started? <laughs> yeah, no, they created that. That, that first year just created a, a, like a beast of, you know, like I, I remember getting on the plane in 2010, like the night before the, the awards in tears, knowing that I was yeah. missing a, a big party. And I'd ask people on the exit of like, what do I do to have more? Like, what can I do? get more in like what you're doing some cool shit. I want to be doing that so how can I how can I do what you're doing and they were like network you know follow up send emails reach out to people and on the plane I had like napkins about this thick of like business cards I didn't even know how again no smartphone like flip phone you know two yeah. years later I still didn't have a smartphone they had to assign me a, a phone buddy so that I didn't get lost in it because I eventually got into the um, the CAF program, which is uh, the kind of back of the house of Tales of the Cocktail. So when I was doing this competition in 2010, there were all these like really fast moving bartenders that were scrambling all over the place and making happen. And I was there going, oh, they look really cool. They look really like they know what they're doing. I want to I want to do that. So mm -hmm. the winner of the competition got into the following year's CAF program. I did not win. My bestie from Boston did not win and but we navigated and how they were like what do we have to do to get in so like on the plane yeah. I was emailing people I was following I was sending cards of thank you to people that I'd met in elevators you know of like getting their names on napkins and practically writing it on my arm 
and I did just what people recommended. I just followed up and I got hungry and I entered every competition on the planet in America because I, I was kind of trapped here without my green card at the time to like, mm -hmm. I was bound by the borders of America. And you know, whether you lose a competition, which mostly I did, but <laughs> you know, being there, it just gives you another opportunity to see what other people are doing, to network with other people that are there usually the judges are people that are fairly networked themselves. So the gift of the Irish gab, you know, I, I didn't care about what, for me, winning sometimes took me out of America. So I couldn't even win if I, if I did win. So for me, oh, it sure. was just, yeah, the prize to me was the people that are in attendance and I leached onto them and bled them for all their information and gobbled it up basically. That was interesting. I think people don't realize outside the industry how much, at any level, getting those positions you want involves what you just said, like talking to people. It's a very social industry and it pays to be a socially adept person as it does to be good at making cocktails. Obviously, you can't be bad at one or the other, really. But um, that's really cool. I, I And it's it's interesting to hear, too, that like it sounds like those were the earlier years where Tails was really finding its legs as like a as a very relevant and, and kind of foundational thing for a lot of people in the industry. Was that how... Now, I'm, I'm curious to because it seems like you've done a lot moving from that. How did you, you know, four years down the line, I, I believe after your first tales was when miracle started. Right. So how, how did you end up, how did you end up on that path? How'd you meet those guys or how, how did you get involved in that? I should say. So at the, at the time I was running, um, a, uh, for a couple of years, I was eight years in a bar in hell's kitchen running a sports bar over there. And, you know, at the same time, Tales of the Cocktail kept bringing me back as a cap. So 2011, 12, 13, 14, like they just keep saying yes to me. And I was sort of going, all right, I'll keep, you know, I'll come back. I'll throw my application in and, you know, there's no way they'll bring me back again this year. And then through that, you know, um, the, the boys at the Dead Rabbit, Sean and Jack, uh, knocked on my door kind of thing and said, hey, you know, you're Irish, we're Irish, we like you, you like us, you know, you want to come uh, to our gang. So I went over there um, for about a year, which was really great. And again, it's it's just conditioning the network. And, and from that connection, you know, Donnelly, a great friend of mine who was also running the CAP program at the time, um, you know, works with Cocktail Kingdom. Uh, and that opportunity came up to run their logistics company for... Um, pretty much a exactly what the cap program was. It was very correlated to that. It was um, syrups and juice and garnish and glassware and ice for pretty much every bar in New York at the time. Um, so they hired me as director of that operation. Um, and that kind of got me in with, that was Cocktail Kingdom. So uh, simultaneously at the time, they, had, they were running their first miracle. So the miracle that they did in 2014, I came in in that window. So it was already in operation as just a singular unit. Um, but then in 2015, it, that's when it was thrown onto my lap to kind of take it out of New York and share it with the masses and, and whatnot. So it's, it's quite interesting from that side. But it was just, again, every line, you know, led to the next one, you know, starting with that 2010 window, every bit of network, every bit of exposure, every competition, led to the next one it is you know that nothing happened down the road without that first happening i think it's a it was definitely a path to go on so i'm curious what was that first year like for you because i remember like i've lived in this neighborhood since i've been in new york and i remember how what the reaction was from people who were out enjoying it i own a bar blocks away from it and, and everyone was talking about it and has every year since what was it like for you guys did you realize you had a hit from the, the second you guys opened up because it seems like 
I remember then, like it's still as popular as it was when it opened up, but you couldn't get in. It was such a such a smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from the from the get go. I mean, Greg Baum, who's the the the, the founder of, of Cocktail Kingdom and, and one of the owners of um, soon to be open Mace, along with Nico um, uh, and Jeanette, they. It's, it was hard to not, you know, the numbers were just absolutely ridiculous. And I think back in 2014 as well, this whole kind of pop-up craze hadn't hit yet. So it was kind of, you know, ahead of the curve within, you know, within our hospitality niche as well, of just kind of seeing these extended pop-ups for weeks and weeks at a time and so over the top. And I mean, it, it was kind of like a happy accident for like, you know, I don't think they expected the volume and for lines down, like not just the street down to the next block and so much uh, press and everything that it just was really embraced by both the media and by, you know, Christmas fanatics. So Greg, Greg being the, the businessman that he is, uh, I think it was hard to ignore that there was an opportunity there, right? So it's like, wow, if, if we had this return for our location here in the East Village, surely that there is other operators that we are best friends with around this country that would like to duplicate this success. So, you know, it's kind of, seeing the opportunity in everything and being that kind of that that mindset of of you know something that works for one could work for many and uh rolling it out with uh, a couple of test markets in 2015 it's kind of the window i came in with um derek down in in washington dc and, and john mcnulty up in, in norwalk connecticut and both those locations you know had had you know duplicated the success it's like follow this formula and like, we didn't have what we have now. We don't have the program we had now. It's like, hey, you know, we're stringing this together. You want to come along for the ride? And, you know, and we, we'll do a lot of the stuff here. And, we, you know, we, we're, we're kind of adding building blocks and still are as we grow out this business. Um, you know, to me, practically this year is ground, you know, it's back to like ground one, like the, the first year of rebuilding, you know? For sure. But, uh, yeah. Was- yeah, I, I want to ask you about that because... I- I know, you know, I feel like all these pop-ups, they kind of evolve. And I know that some of the Christmas theme bars in Chicago as well, they started off with like, we're going to throw up lights everywhere and we're going to do a special holiday cocktail. And now you walk in and they are barfing Christmas and it's just like decorations and, and all these specialty drinks and, you know, you know, theme nights, you can come and dress up or whatever. So how is that, how has it evolved over the years? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it was always that, you know, you know, but trying to get all the yeah. locations to, 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 you know, copy that image and to really go big, right? It's, it really is the classic go big or go home with these. If you're going to do something like Miracle, if you're going to invest your, your entire operations time and resources into flipping your bar, because you have to flip it. It's not just, um, you know, let's partner with Miracle and use the Miracle brand and put up modest decorations because you're just another average bar that does that. You know, I think sure. at sure. this stage, the public facing and, and the demographic that are Christmas obsessed and they are in the billions around the world, um, they go to these for an experience. You know, it's not just about one thing. It's not just about the, you know, the speciality mugs that are, you know, fantastic that we're able to create those ourselves and about the decoration, but it's the combination of, you know, you, you want to go to crank it up so that you practically are making people crawl through a Christmas tree to get into your bar, you know, that they really want to feel mm-hmm. that they're at a special experience, that, they, that they're not just staying at home and like, hey, you can decorate yourself like this. And like, what's, what's going to be different about bringing you out in the, in the winter months, making you line up and getting in the door of a miracle? There has to be something cracked up, you know, and you've got to go big. 
It's true. You forget sometimes when you live in a city like New York or in Chicago even or anywhere that, you know, for some people, like I, I always joke around here that like we in New York, we have the Rockettes or whatever and all these different things that maybe people see as like related to the holidays or Christmas tree lightings. But like outside of like those very big showy things, like it's hard to find actual like slices of over the top holiday celebration kind of stuff. It's like it's like especially in the way you remember, like like over the top decorations and lights and the playlists and things like that. Uh, and it's just funny because so many people try to create that. Like the pop up thing is usually, you know, big on the experience, obviously. And you guys are doing something where you're taking that and you're successfully expanding it nationally globally and in like a huge scale and i think that's like really if it's really mind-blowing if someone has op- operated in open businesses before to see that like you can do this in the span of a couple of weeks and pull it off with such success so my, i'm really curious from this side like what is your what is your schedule and what has your life been like for the last two weeks and what is it like leading into this opening because this has got to be I mean, you don't seem like you're that tired for for the you know for better or worse. You seem like you're very happy. <laughs> I, I, I did show you my yeah, bruising br- on my arms. I'm like holding my arms. Yeah. Like, you know, from, from here down, please don't yeah. look at the, at, at the at, behind the facade of, uh, of of ring lights and makeup, my dear. I'm I'm a shell of a woman. <laughs> But how long yeah. do you have to start way far out? Like, are we talking like late July? Do you guys start thinking things up? Yeah, like, that's what, what I want to know. Well, I mean, it's different for me, right? So I, I'm in, in the miracle business. So that's, you know, 365 days a year. There, there is no downtime. There is absolutely, with, with a business this big and, and the, the add-ons that we've done this year um, and hiring a director of operations and, and building, you know, you said you're on new platforms, building the new platforms we have. I mean, the system has completely changed. And this being the first year with all that, it really is um it really is blowing up and expanding for the new york locations yeah us opening on the 9th has me crawling through storage lockers and you know trying to find uh, able bodies thank you zach for offering to help decorate i'll come uh, i will you know, i'll be there <laughs> <laughs> you know trying to coordinate that simultaneously while uh you know the actual business itself is is you know and full kilter it makes me a tired woman right in this window but um you know once all the miracle operations are up and running and have all their their gear and and whatnot in that kind of 22nd of november window i take a breath and you know put all my concentrations and efforts into the 2022 season in that window like you know we, we have to there is no like oh yeah we can wait till january and february and start talking about 2022 we're already so far behind in you know the end of october for 2022 already you know it's 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 a it's a beast of a business and you know we work this hard so that operators around the country that do plug into this it it becomes a plug and play for them you know we we are the ones that figure all this out we're the ones that onboard like the pr teams the marketing teams in the first quarter you know and and all the the photography and the menus and and the build out that all happens so early on in in that first you know section of, of the year so that we can plug it into the, the machine that is Miracle and, and, and get our orders in and things like that. So it's it's kind of way that operators, as, as any operators that will listen to this, it's like every other day there's a new fire for them, right? There's, you know, the compressor is blown, the, the walk-in, the ice beckon machine is, is down again. So there's always something that even if you have the best intentions to be able to like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna free up this chunk of time you don't own your time when you're operating businesses like it owns you so there's always going to be something that pops up and not to mind 
having some family time, having some personal time. So, you know, I'd like to think that when Miracle is perfected and being the Virgo that I am, it will never be, I'll always be chasing perfection and, and always, you know, trying to listen to all the operators and, and trying to do better each year by everybody. But doing better by, you know, 90% means I'm pissing 10% off, you know, so it's, it's, it's always tooling and, and, and trying to make it better for the masses and, you know, dialing it in further so that they, the operators can still do what they do up to that pivotal moment of where they do need to flip and where they, they, need, they do need to plug in. And as much as I'd like everybody to plug in all year round to it, it's just not a realistic, you know, it's not a realistic explanation, but I, I know that I'm not going to have their full attention to certain periods of time, you know? You're like the Santa Claus getting ready to build toys again the day after Christmas, you know, like the whole thing just, it never, it never stops. Uh, very it never saw and i used to be i used to be just you know pretty much myself and greg now we have teams of like mr claus mrs claus elves there's the you know there, there's a there's a whole lot of people that i could not see without wow. uh, you know at this stage it's it's bigger so much bigger than us you know um so it's it's great to have a team of people working on this so how um, i'm just really i'm curious it's like i said before the, like being able to come up with this stuff there's the fun creative side of it which i'm sure is like a blast to do because that's oh, who doesn't want to come up with it that's like everyone's dream creative job but what how did you guys figure out because there's a lot of logistics to going into being like okay you need to change your typical cocktail bar like your your well-esteemed bar has to become this overnight it, have you learned anything in the pro like in creating the processes and the systems to get this out to people because it's got to be pretty because it's not plug and play i mean it is because you're handing it out to people but like you said, everyone's got like a diff different set of issues on their plate. Have you encountered any major issues or like what has been the big takeaway for you when it comes to developing these systems for like dozens of operators? It's not even related to Miracle, right? It's, it's kind of how you'd, you'd, you'd run your successful operation no matter what it's themed, right? So sounding like my, my, my dear mother here, uh, you know, organization is the key to success. So, you know, if you're running a tight ship in your normal circumstances and, you know, you're on top of your game and you're, you know, operating on that level that, you know, that, I, that, that we try to partner with. We try to partner with people that, you know, are already on that successful wheel and, and are already hustling. But as we've, as we've grown, we're, we're definitely expanding to people that would like to come up to that level um, and, you know, duplicate the success of, of all the other locations that are operating on that level. So it really is about giving everybody the tools um, and sharing the collective stories of success and how people approach their operations and just you know the old saying of the rising tide lifts all ships right so if we have one operator that's just killing it like i need to get that operator in front of the other operators to say like hey you know i know you really struggled with x y and z last year but these could have been the reasons why this could have been things that you could do differently and and instead of just hearing my words and thinking oh here's joanne again with it with the words coming out of her mouth I can put other operations be like, you don't have to listen to me, hear their success stories, you know, go straight to your neighbors, go straight to people that you really respect in the industry already and see what, you know, what, how they have done with the program. And let's see if we can get you on that page, you know, shared collateral all the time. So it seems like you kind of, like a lot of the training seems like it's a shared experience. Like you can pass along, like you obviously get feedback every year. I imagine you can just kind of, you repackage that and feed it back out to people so they can kind of learn from the, the Somewhat. Process. So, I mean, this year, part of the, you know, so we, we hired this, um, you know, really experienced, amazing guy from up in Canada um, called Nick Nemeth. So he's come in as our director of operations and, and with him, 
you know, he's, he's really helped us achieve things that we wanted to do and didn't have the capabilities of doing or, or the bandwidth to do. So, you know, bringing in different training tools for different style folks. So it's always been like written training material. Um, and pre-COVID, we, we, we used to fly first year partners up to New York. We were, we were attempting to do that in 2019 to give them in-person trainings, which I think is essential to like, you know, tie in all the written material. Because I, I can write, I have written a book on this, you know, of, of, of here's all the content, here's what you do. But there's only, you know, an X percentage of people that will absorb that. They need to be the visual learners. They need to hear the words. So this year of having that and having training videos to accompany the cocktails, to have the portal, to have community forums, you know, really trying it, tying it all in, which will continue next year into getting out of front of all that again with live trainings and seminars throughout the, you know, the springtime of bringing different conversations to different levels of partners of, you know, bringing the partners that have one location together with the partners that have five locations. And, you know, having those kind of conversations, mm -hmm. how do you go from having one to three to four to five? Like, how do you, you know, how do you multiply your success within your territories? And so it's, it's just constantly um, seeing how people are absorbing the information. Um, and for those that are struggling with it, perhaps just adding on the tools so that they can, uh, again, not fall behind and just adapting to, you know, different, different strokes for different folks, uh, you know, and, and different capabilities of, of absorbing the information. Is it the same process for international? Because I know that you're also overseas and I'm wondering if, if that's the same. And also the themes of the, are the themes similar or I would imagine, cause you know, when you go to like a German or we've got the Chris Kindle market here and it's the German theme and the German decorations are very different than what you'd see in the, you know, classical American Christmas culture. So what do you, how does that differ or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, my fascination for all things Christmas is global and, and seeing, uh, you know, all around the world, how different traditions are. And when I'm speaking to operators, you know, before um, signing them on, like every single location goes through me at, at some stage of, um, you know, the process of, you know, pitching them back and forth and communicating um, and seeing like what's, you know, what does Christmas mean to them personally? What does Christmas mean to their market, their country? You know, places like um, Indonesia starting their, their Christmas season in September and, you know, are, um, you know, there's so many different countries that start and finish at different times and yeah. all claim we have the largest Christmas community in the world. I'm like, yeah, that's what the last one said. You know, <laughs> like, everyone, everyone thinks like, on, you know, for, for one location, it might be different flavors and different flavor profiles and different style drinking, you know, but yeah, Miracle is a very adaptable brand in some some contexts. So the foundation of Miracle, you should be able to walk into any Miracle in the world and you'll know you're in a Miracle, right? You'll see the okay. mugs, you know the drinks, you'll see some identifying kind of themes of, of decoration from plaids and candy stripes and kind of the, uh, the tongue-in-cheek kind of naughty Santa, you know, peeking out. Like, we were definitely adult content more in 2014 and 15 and, you know... Uh, cleaning it up a, a wee bit for some of the partners that are, you know, partnering with children's charities and whatnot. They they, they certainly don't want to, you know, yippee ki you know, whatever. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's adaptable to, you know, um, an operator's own uh, menu as well and, and, and how they envision. And I tell people, like, Christmas really is like with Miracle, it really is like the Christmas field of dreams. Like if you build it right, they will come. 
and how you build it is really determined you know on, on what christmas means for you and i i do try to get real corny on people on the first call that i have i'm like you have to wind it back to your childhood memories of like you know bringing that awe and wonder into your bar so that when guests come into your bar that they really are sincerely wowed like it isn't just you know an operator money grab yes that's the, that's the side bonus but like you should have people coming up to you with practically twinkling tears in their eyes going like this is amazing this made me think of my grandmother this brought me back to the you know this you know going to my parents house and seeing all the classic decorations so it really is to me a chance for us operators to really put on a good show to really yeah. kind of hug our community and, and give them somewhere really fun and you know hopefully stays unique within the miracle community of, of of what we offer and just makes people like really i don't know warm and fuzzy when they're not just because of the drink and the booze that's in them but because of the placement and you know when i say go all in as well like nothing hurts me more than going into a place that you know they've signed up they're enthusiastic they've done everything on paper that looks right and then you walk in and there'll be just like you know seven sports tvs on and you know hardcore music that isn't i'm like oh you know so close but like if i travel to your location and i'm so enthusiastic about standing in line or maybe buying tickets and you know if i go in and it's underwhelming it's such a it's such a deflation right it's so yeah it's so like, you well, need to have that essence the the, the christmas essence oh, when you walk into and that it's all part of that experience the christmas movies playing you don't want to see santo without the beard you know yeah absolutely yeah you know. right that's you know you know like he might he might trim it for sipping santa he might he might shave it up for the beach but like certainly not the miracle you know and it's you know to me it's it's the whole thing like i said if you're going to do it like do it and and this is this is for all your operations like what why half-ass anything that you do like our attention to detail from you know the, the the napkins we use the straw whatever it is you know, it's it's changing out your hand soap, so it's pine scent. It's it's changing out your light bulbs. It's changing out every small detail, so that. But isn't that how you should operate anyway? It's it's not yeah. just for Christmas. Time. This these that's the kind of operator I'm looking for. The one that appreciates the the, the little things and the, the the small attention to details that would go that extra mile. Yeah, it sounds like that's the yeah. Theme. That's the it's like the, the top theme, to bottom you know? is key because if there is a missing element, then there's a hole like there's a hole in the veneer there. Like you punch through. The, the, the package totally. and you want to feel like wrapped up in Christmas and holiday spirit when you're doing something like this because that's what people are there to pay for. Anyone can put up twinkling lights. And I see holes. I see holes every, like, everywhere. So like even Zach behind your head now, uh, I'd be like, oh, there's a blank <laughs> space there. There's a blank space there. There's a blank space there. I could put decorations there. Like need blank space. So it's kind of like going around and like people send me pictures of their, of their decorations. So proud. And they're like, oh, look. And I'm like, Kind of like yeah. that bartender mentality when you're when you're sitting at a bar, you can't help but like peer around the back bar, right? Yeah. yeah. Like why is the bar facing forward? I mean, I'm an <laughs> asshole of like just like trying not to be destructive in my in my criticism and I'm being very constructive. But I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, what a missed opportunity for there! What a missed yeah. opportunity for there! There, that little corner, you know. So it's it's seeing that so- and knowing that again, if, if if I'm a guest and I sit in any seat if i if i'm even on the toilet yeah. how does it look if i'm in the corner that nobody wants to sit That's by the, you know, it's like what is my experience in every yeah. single 
So that was my question too, because I'm also dying to know the creative process in this. It it seems like if it is all one person, then I I really like maybe it is just you. But what is the what is the curation process of this like? I mean, obviously the cocktails. I'm sure you've had a hand in that, and that's that's obviously the basis of a bar experience for something like this. But like, how do you how do you come up with the decor, the cheeky the cheeky little names on the menu? The music, did you guys like ship out the playlist to everybody? Like, how does this happen? Because there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there is so many, there's so many hands in that. So for, for, for the first couple of years, it really was myself and Greg. Like, in the offices of Cocktail Kingdom, we'd come in and, you know, my, my favorite part of the day is like when a lot of the office people would go home and we'd be like shooting the shit inside the office and going like, what if, what if we did this and we called it this? And it, it, if it made us laugh, we're like, that's ridiculous. We were like, that's genius. <laughs> let's make a mistletoe shot glass so I thought people would kill me you know I mean there's a lot of a lot of creative people inside Cocktail Kingdom so it's kind of like maybe having a fraction of an idea and then turning it out to the the, the mass of, of, of people and being like hey you know let's let's get the art department drawing some ideas from and, and literally kind of like like the news hot story of where we'd come out with an idea and be like hey I have this crazy crazy idea that myself and Greg just came up with can you can you draw this? Is this possible? Is this, and then getting it to the next stage of production of getting, you know, it, it mocked up and getting a, a prototype and getting onto, you know, our production crew and getting onto manufacturing. It's, it's a whole chain of reaction to just having a thought and an idea, which is coming up with cocktail names. Oh my goodness. That's, that's just a whole yeah. other fun as well of just, I have kind of a stockpile. I have a, a file of just, you know, ridiculous names that I, I like to use uh some are too naughty and, and i have to kind of peel back a little bit like yeah i think nico nico had an idea i i want i can't even say it because then <laughs> somebody else will steal it but uh yeah it's I, I i do the cocktails at this stage so i have done for um a couple of years i, I still use um some from uh nico from back in the early days or, or use them to kind of uh, rift on um but yeah that's 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 my my not to crack each year and uh I also think it's worth it's it's also worth too to me as someone who likes to go out and try the different cocktail bars around here. Like Mace, when when this first ended up, Mace was one of the best cocktail bars I'd ever been to. So it would have been funny for us to switch over and to just have it be kind of like eggnog and like you know Christmas, you know, very like all spice driven cocktails. To to the fact that you guys, first off, you do have a phenomenal eggnog, and I will drink that every year. But the the cocktail menu is incredibly well balanced. Like you're doing stuff with like bright acid. It's not just this like typical clovey. Um, like kick in the face with cinnamon kind of menu. Like you guys have, have really pepper. Yeah. And like they've done all candy canes and yeah. cinnamon bark. You guys have actually done a really, even though there is a bit of that, you've done a really good job of kind of like balancing it out. Like, do you, are you like influenced mostly by like tiki stuff or are you, I feel like you're taking a little bit from everything, but like, what was your thought process going into it? Because when it's Christmas, it's not like you're opening up an Italian restaurant where, you know, like the, the menu staples, like you could have a lot of fun with this. Was there anything that kind of like kind of guided you when it came to coming up with a menu? Because that's really where it shines. Like you can you can sit down and enjoy the lights and stuff, but when the drinks taste good, then you're gonna stay. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, that's awesome. I should record this as well. This, this just this section. Um, <laughs> we'll send it to you. We'll send it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, we'll send yeah. you a clip. Love our No, I'm done. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really. Um, as somebody who has been a bartender for so many years, you know, and um, stepping into, uh, you know, management and, and, and directing and whatnot, um, it's really, really great to still have my, my foot in that, you know, even one menu a year is enough to 
to, to feed my, my hunger for because every bartender who stops being a bartender always fantasizes about like it's, it's still that itch inside you right so I get a great outlet each year to be able to develop one menu one menu at all but at least it's it's shared globally um, and it was a lot of trial and error you, you know yeah. you mentioned Mace and, and Nico was absolutely the, 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 the concept creator of, of the drinks and whatnot but they didn't fly as I shared them outside of New York. So Mace style drinks adapted to Miracle would have been problematic for, you know, they, they are so brilliantly created for Mace and so involved in the process. Me putting that on a high volume event, and there's still elements of that. Like I'm sure partners absolutely hate me at certain times, at times of the year. And they love me again when they're, you know, when they're onto their bank in January, they're back to loving me. Uh, but you know, there's <laughs> a certain window where my ears are scratching. I'm like, yeah, that partner is definitely bitching me right now. It's, it's all right. It's cool. <laughs> love me again when you want to do it next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the drinks, it's, it's a very, very different than I've ever created drinks for, for any other menu from, you know, when I was putting drinks forward for the dead rabbit or for any competitions, even, you know, is, um, you know, my style of bartending is always make the spirit the, the hero, right? So you you, you you pick your brand and you, you might highlight our contrast, things that are within that brand and, you know, definitely make it the hero and, and let it shine out. And I, I went a different direction um, because of the expansion globally uh, and the lack of availability, availability for all brands, for all locations. They need to be able to interchange those brands uh, without messing up the cocktail. So if I lead very heavily on the on the flavor profiles through, you know, through the syrups, through the bitters, through like a combination of ingredients, that would give them a bit more flexibility in the in the back end for most of these cocktails. Um, and then it's just kind of like it's it's only ten cocktails, so it's kind of like the standard. Do I have a gin? Do I have a vodka? Do I have a rum? You know, like which are the standard brands I can build on? And then, you know, a highball. Do I have a, a more of a bitter drink? Do I have a stirred drink? And just trying to in a very limited menu for a limited time do i have enough to maybe appease the most part of a group you know and uh and i've definitely each and every year i, I hope the menu gets better because i'm still learning i'm still learning from the feedback of our partners to be like and, yeah. and it's very hard creating a menu you know solo in your apartment in queens maybe and 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 you know especially during covid of you know making a cocktail and going like oh this is great. And then turning around for someone to taste it. And like, there's nobody here except my, you know, my, my underage daughter. I'm going like, should I? Go <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's nearly 18 in Ireland. That's a drinking age. Right. So yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely uh, challenging to, to, to get this, but I'm, I'm super proud of this year's menu. Um, I'm really excited to get feedback from it. Um, because then I won't be excited. I'd be like, oh, I messed that one up, you know. But um, I, I, yeah. I definitely learned a lot from the feedback I get directly from the partners themselves and, and, and seeing their numbers and seeing how the, the public react, um, you know, whether they can have one of these drinks or three of these drinks is, is a good measure of success, right? Like if you just have one and it, it wipes you out um, or destroys your, your, your palate or over-sugars you, like what a shame that you're only having one and you're leaving. So like... Again, that's not just for miracle, right? That's just that's the that's the aim for 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 every dish and every drink. It's like the taste of right. more, as we call it. Like it should taste like I want more. Yeah. And so I hope I hope I yeah. achieve that with some of the drinks this year. And if not this year, there's always next year. <laughs> we, keep, we keep rolling. <laughs> I'm sure you have. But yeah, I have. I have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure um, you have. And you know, for me, it's it's 
what my own Christmas flavors are, you know, and things that I love myself. So again, selfishly, like I, I say, all right, I love, you know, Terry's chocolate oranges. Like it's, it's always a thing that reminds me of Christmas because that's what my father oh, yeah. wanted every year. And six kids, he got, he used to get six of them, you know, and like there'd be Terry's <laughs> chocolate orange for everybody. So that's always, a, that's always a flavor profile that I'm trying to sneak in. Uh, like you mentioned peppermint. I, I cannot crack the peppermint one. It just always tastes artificial. So I moved along. So it's a lot of the times I, I, I fall on drinks because I failed in another drink and it's like, you know, the 17th attempt to make something work. And I'm like, I'll change something out. I'm like, oh, hmm, actually, that's all right. You know, and let's, let's roll with this. So, yeah. you know, but we do it, we, we do many of the development um, so earlier on, like, you know, my aim is to have them done by like February, March, so that we can get the, the photo shoot is, is extremely elaborate and, and time consuming and um, setting up the, the, the basically the, the sets for each cocktail and you want to get that to um, the PR team in, in, in you know in the springtime so that they can do their long lead so it's it's really you know when people hit me up in, in this time they're like oh I have this brand and or this flavor you could use and I'm like that's we're so far beyond that uh, maybe for next year I could consider you know yeah, getting that flavor in but I never uh, I can't work with a brand per se, you know, I can't say like, oh, this is the brand I'm going to work with because yeah. it will be the rock I perish on because there'll be so many locations inter internationally that just won't be able to get it, you know, or, or locally. Even. I, I think when people think of pop-ups, they don't realize all of the work that goes into all the details. And one of the things that people love so much and that you've talked about so much throughout this and the theme uh, the theme that kind of ties all of the miracles together is this attention to detail. But attention to detail takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of trial and error. And it, you know, it takes, like you said before, like getting that experience down. And I think, you know, just talking to you right now and hearing this is a this is a really big machine and it's a very well-oiled machine. And so I think it's interesting to hear all the little bits and pieces. Like I, some of the things you said I hadn't even thought of, like sitting at every seat in the bar and saying, what does it look like from this angle? What does it look like from this angle? Is this Christmassy enough or is there what's in your face there? So that's really interesting. And I love the thought around the menu as well and how the, the time that goes into that and the creativity. Um, I'm wondering what it's like operating the retail side of the business. So selling the kitschy glassware and some of the ornaments, it seems like a really good addition to the bar side of things. How is, how does that work? Absolutely. I mean, when we, when we started rolling out, uh, again, it, it was something that organically came from, um, you know, the, the call from the public, you know, the call from the wild. I want to take this glass home for me. Oops, sorry, you can't buy it. It's only we, at that point, maybe 2015 or 16, maybe we were just, and still are just selling them wholesale to operators. You can't get these mugs anywhere else unless you walk into a miracle location. You can't buy them online. You can't hit me up and say like, oh, my dear old grandmother, you know, who, who's you know, like on her deathbed needs it. I'm like, sorry, don't, I can't help you. Like I'm that cutthroat cold about it. And I get these emails all the time of people begging and pleading, but we want to drive that traffic and that demand back to the locations. Um, I mean, it'd be the easiest thing in the world miracle brand just to tag on a button on our on, on our on our website and, and and take that revenue right take that those sales because we could sell them all around the world but then I'm, I'm taking that opportunity away from our partners and I call it a partnership because you know I want each one of those locations to succeed right they succeed we succeed so it's trying to make sure that what can we do to increase their revenue what can we do to add another revenue stream that maybe we had overlooked and we had overlooked that for that small window because 
again, this was an organic build-up to the demand and ask for it. So we took a few selection of the, like the most popular ones and had to design um, retail packaging and, and make it, uh, you know, attractive and colourful and fun and, you know, uh, get our partners and, and get that, you know, retail posters and training your staff to upsell, like putting it in the manuals, putting it on the back of menus, like making that space for it. So that it's it's just, again it's to me it's not rocket science it goes back to your normal operators like how do you want to sell you know the, the cheesecake special like you want you want you want to have a meal you want to have an appetizer you want to have a main course are you going to shortchange them on trying to upsell to maybe rounding out with an espresso rounding out with a dessert same as, as a cocktail experience so it's like rounding out the experience if they're really enjoying themselves the cocktails their experience wouldn't they want to take a slice of that home wouldn't they like to take something and Oh, of course. Every yeah. time that they pick up, like you know, a Santa Rex mug, you know, if you if, if you're handy, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, who does not want to go home with a Santa Rex? It's like there's it's, <laughs> if, if you do not make them available, it's a collectible. Absolutely, and I mean, I mean, I think about I've got. I have every mug from like every Chris Kindle market over the last 10 years. People go just oh, yeah. to collect those mugs. I go into people's houses around Chicago. It's a market. It's a German themed market and Christmas market in Chicago. And you see their little, you know, they've got their little, uh, their bar card or a little bar, their bar glass displays. And there's all the Chris Kindle ones. If you're a true Chicagoan, you got every <laughs> single booth oh, every it. year. And, 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 you know, again, it's trying to um, elevate to the operators to, um, help them that this will help like their bottom line and some people will say oh i don't have the space for retail yeah. i'm like you have a you have a bed you have an apartment shove the your bed bring in a bag every day you have room <laughs> <laughs> no if you don't if you're you, you're already using it for service you're telling me you can't pop one out from behind the bar like find room like why yeah. would you like why would you not make that sale like why would you deny the public what they want right. and you know and if you don't if you don't offer it for sale, they will steal it and they'll probably steal it anyway. So I was going to say, what's the shrink rate on that? I feel like people, like, if you weren't offering to sell them, people would be swiping them left and right anyway, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And that, that, that also came from that, right? So if right. they weren't available to, to, to buy and they weren't for a period, then everybody, you know, was like going out, came in really skinny, went out really fat, right? And like, yeah. <laughs> and clinking. Clinking. So, wow, so, they uh, jangle quite a bit when you yeah. walk out of here. <laughs> So we try, we try combating that for a few different ways. Again, it's it's like, how are you watching your own tables and your own bar and your regular service? This is not like, you know, like it's not my responsibility to train your staff, but I'm going to try to help you to train your staff into watching the plates, watching like what, what other kind of glassware do you have in your normal operation? Is it covered? Right. Yeah. So it's steps of service and building it into the attention to detail that your staff carry over that you have taught them as well. Right. And, and that and that training process and that time that you give to conditioning your staff, it's partnering with charities to say that, like, you know, don't be an asshole. Like you're, you're stealing from kids here, you know, like as in buy this 10 percent of proceeds goes to this charity or, or that charity. Oh, uh, yeah. Posters, um, posters in the bathroom to be like, you know, don't be a Grinch. Don't steal our fucking mugs. And like just really trying to acknowledge it. I like to think that human beings, for the most part, are decent humans. If you give them an opportunity to do the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing, most of them will choose the right thing to do. But let them know that that right thing is there for them. You know, like all these assets 
are available in the miracle packaging and in our portals like hey we've addressed the retail we've given you some tools don't just be like oh you know we have x percent of, of theft every year and i go into the location and they've done no conditioning of their staff they haven't put up retail posters they haven't they're not driving at home uh you know our, our menus each year are i love our menus i think it's a very um special part of it like the front of the menus are unique art that gets designed every year by an illustrator. Um, and it's not just a menu, it's, it's, it's a Christmas card that a lot of people, just like the mugs, like you were saying that, you know, in, in Chicago, people email me all year round, hey, I, I didn't get a copy of this year's menu, can you send me one? So that they have this continuation of, of the illustration. But on the back of it also has a lot of information, like a lot of our hashtags, a lot of our, our websites, but it also has the retail featured, you know, the. The, the retail posters, I think, are dynamite. Uh, one of the artists in Cocktail Kingdom, he designed it after the, the old Sears catalogue, and there's just a lot of tongue-in-cheek in the copy. Yeah. And it's just, to me, I'm like, why wouldn't you blow this up? Like, why wouldn't yeah. you put it everywhere? Oh, incredible. And put it on your social media platforms, you know? So That's super clever. there's definitely yeah. a way to, to offset the theft. Yeah. And, but to me, it's like, it's a volume event. You know, factor in that uh, the theft into you know the cost of the cocktail up a dollar or fifty cents here and there for glassware you know that is coveted, the glassware that you know is going to walk out the door. You know, factor that in somewhere, and you know, put the extra steps in. So if you're doing extreme volume and whatnot, uh, to me, some people are like, hey, I know you don't care that it's 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 theft, um, and because we have to reorder, I'm like that hurts. That that mentality hurts. I'm like, of course I care. Of course I care that you know like. 20 Santa Rexes are walking out the door. But to me, it's like, where is the attention to detail on your floor? Like, where, where is your, like your, your, your training, your staff and everything to be able to watch? Because if, they, if they're not seeing that, are they not seeing the empty glass and people, someone waiting for it to be refilled? Are they not seeing somebody needs a check? So that again is in regular operations, right? We want to mm -hmm. elevate our service across mm -hmm. the board so that even in this high volume event, that attention to detail is carried over, not just from the operator, to the managers to the floor staff to the bar staff to the bus boys to you know whoever is whoever is in in your business should you know monkey see monkey do it all comes from the top it's down just good management um not to get too yeah. dickensian on christmas here because we've done christmas past and present but about the future if you had any hopes and dreams for this because it's clearly doing a lot and getting bigger with each passing season mm -hmm. what do you think are the next few steps for miracle as it continues to expand and and to change and to kind of become even bigger than it already is and like in the in the global scheme of things because i honestly i think the concept's proven that it works and, and I, I imagine you guys have some pretty good ideas in the in the hopper ready to go we do we do we, do. we have some great ideas for you know uh, 2023 24 25 like we have um, projects that are going to be um you know keeping us busy for years um but it's just kind of as well perfecting what we have in, in the systems now that we've launched this year um and training so that we can elevate like like i said earlier you know the most successful locations we should be able to elevate everybody up to that level right that that level of operation and and that um intensity of of self so it's it's to me it goes beyond just the scope of miracle if you're a miracle partner then i want to make sure your regular operation is pumping you know January through through October, like you're 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 part of of, of our network. You're part of our. Yeah. I care about what you're doing. I care about your regular operation. And is is there things that I can put in the program for Miracle that is going to carry over to every facet of your business? You know, will you change your mindset 
of how you approach your business because something you've, you've learned from another operator or from the actual, you know, company itself. So for me, it's excitement is growth. Like I, I, I want to, I want 400 locations. I want more than 400 locations. I want global domination. I want, I want <laughs> it everywhere. You know, I want my own miracles. Like right now I've spent six years helping operators, you know, launch their own success stories with, uh, you know, with the, with the aid of miracle and, it has definitely changed people's lives. And um, I have operators that have spouses that have left their vocations just to work with Miracle all year round. It has got that big for some of our operators. Wow. wow. I also want to see, I want a slice of that side. So I, I've been on this side of things of like, you know, watching people's success stories, sharing in their success from this side of it. So I see myself as an operator of a Miracle somewhere in the, on this planet. Uh, I see, yeah. you know. That's a natural thing. Yeah. That's it. So we have to figure out things, you know, and, and, and um, tighten up um, just effects still from, you know, what we've all gone through globally with COVID and, and yeah. realizing that production and, and shipping and, and everything like we're, we're feeling the effects of this probably for years. And how can we maneuver that and, and, and how can we uh, combat that? And, you know, like I said, to me, it's education and, and to me, it's getting in it's, it's only so much that you can write this material and try to share your personal experience. Cause I tell people as well, I'm not just somebody sitting at a desk, you know, and like, Oh, you do this and you'll be successful. Like we are operators ourselves here in New York. You know, I go into the next two weeks of decorating the New York locations, you know, Greg is, is hands-on in all his operations as he is in miracle. It's like, okay, we tried this this year. This, sucked this messed our stuff up like let's let's not let's tell the operators not to try this because this we tried it and it was painful and it hurt and or we tried something that was amazing and gave us a good return and like so again it's just conditioning the education side and standing out in front of this brand um and you know trying to get to operators to plug them into you know larger success stories so that they can really like i want i want to be I want to be a Christmas present under everyone's Christmas tree each year that like, as they're shopping for their family, they'll be like, Oh, there's grandma, there's grandpa, there's the six kids, there's Joanne's present, you know, like, <laughs> I, want I, like to, I, I want to impact people's life all, all year round and because of miracle money. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that is a good goal to have. Yeah. Um, okay. So wait, we have to end here with a little holiday lightning round. So fun, fun, fun questions, answer top of your head. Um, what's one holiday song you have to hear at least once a season to get in the spirit? Well, it's going to be Mariah Carey, you know. How do you <laughs> that beat is a it? good one. How do you beat it? I, yeah. How do you beat that one? You can't. You, you can't, you can't. I mean, and as much as people are like, oh, again, like you put it on and everyone starts shaking their ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> starts, uh, you know, even subconsciously, like, and, and it kind of is a universal joke for us. Like even when we start decorating or when we're doing photo shoots in the summertime, yeah. or the springtime, there's always somebody you'll see in the corner doing this. And like turning it on, and like they're getting so entertained, and it's like a delayed reaction of like, uh, and and then you know everybody kind of just gets in that mood, and 
for me, I, I am a nostalgic bitch, right? Like, I am corny <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, will, I will be the person that is... <laughs> I have not I'm heard that before, that I'm a nostalgic <laughs> bitch, but I'm going to use that. A moment, yeah, future. I am too. <laughs> that that should be the, the the name of your next cocktail. Nostalgic bitch. Nostalgic holiday <laughs> nostalgic bitch. It's already a t-shirt coming from this year. Like, I'm going to stop. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so. But, uh, go ahead. More fi- rapid fire. Let's go. <laughs> okay, another question. Um, what, uh, okay, what's your, what's your favorite holiday drink? Oh, my God. I'm going to say straight tequila. <laughs> <laughs> In in one of your Santa glasses. Exactly. Fill this bad boy up with yeah. anything you got to yes. me and you will see the happy to end, you know? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh. And maybe a pint of Guinness and an Irish coffee in the other hand. Like. Beautiful. That is good Christmas. Do as I say, don't do as I do yeah. kind of thing right. when it comes to what I do. Right, <laughs> right, right. Totally, totally. Okay, and last one. Favorite holiday tradition. Oh my goodness! I mean, for me personally, it's 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 all about my daughter, right? It's it's all about that, you know, of just decorating the tree, waiting on the couch every every year to see her come out of her room to like be all and like she's seventeen, but like she stopped being the odd like very recently. Like I, I, as as big as I do miracle and it's as as wild as I do decorations, this this turns into a cave. Like I don't shortchange my 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 daughter. Um, but that comes from as well, like Christmas was really special in Ireland for, for, for my family and, and for me, like my parents, my, my brothers, my sister. It, it just really is magical, right? It's, it, I was very lucky to have the magic of Christmas, to have that, that nostalgia, to have that twinkly eye, to, you know, the awe of going to visit Santa Claus has never escaped me. And, and that, that the, the magic of Christmas really, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps even saying that. And yeah. six years in, this is genuine. Like, I, I just think... It is a magical time of year that even if you're in the pits, it, it, it is a bit of escapism. It can it can be very sad for some people if they didn't have, you know, the, the joys of Christmas that I've sure. had. But for me personally, it is just escape to that nostalgia. You know, like I said, I'm this nostalgic bitch and like I covet all those memories and I want to share those memories. So, yeah, that's like I'll never not get tired. Like I'll never be tired of this. I'll never... I think it's. I think Christmas is wonderful. I think the twinkly lights are wonderful. Like it's. It's romantic. It's. It's cozy. It's. Yeah. It's like a warm hug. You know, even in in the most tropical places, you can still you know feel that magic no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. It's just. It's. It's not about climate. It's not about the state you're in. And I often hear from mar- um, operators like, oh, you know, miracle is a good concept, but it, it's not going to work in my market. And like and. I used to be like, oh, maybe you're right. Oh, so wrong, so wrong. If there's humans with a pulse, they will, they will want a slice of this. It's true. That's, and who knows? So maybe one day aliens too. I feel like it, yeah. it, it, it really brings in everybody. It does. It's an open. All, it's an even extraterrestrials. Tent. It's an open door. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a dinosaur. Maybe the extraterrestrial <laughs> is where we go in the future. I think so. Maybe it's a UFO oh, yeah. Christmas. Oh, yeah. 
I'm, I'm clocking that in my in my memory bank. I'm like, hmm, aliens and Christmas. So you might be onto something. I, I feel like I want to sit around with you all taking like drinking Christmas drinks and brainstorming on all of your themes and all of the the wording of everything, the brand of the next year. Like I want to be a fly on the wall during that conversation. Oh, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's a lot of fun and it's, yes. it should be a lot of fun. You know, yeah. I, I say to all as well, I'm like, you know, the whole, the whole saying is like, you know, we're not curing cancer here. We're, we're, we're bringing brilliant events and brilliant experiences in our regular operations. And, and certainly, you know, in this, in this, in this time of Christmas and, and a lot of the operators have serious bars, you know, they're, they're really into their craft and it's fantastic. That's, you know, that's, that's their, their MO and their style. And, Sometimes miracle gives them the chance to just shake that all off and just like crank up the fun and, and the silliness. And I'm like, we're the ones that are are serious all year about organizing this business mm-hmm. so that you can have fun with it. And right. Like, don't over don't overthink it at the end. Plug in, do your homework, you know, get ready, decorate, and then just go wild. Have fun with it, you know, and share this energy with your staff so that your staff are not burdened with like, oh my God, here we are, five weeks, four weeks of hell. Like if your staff are already thinking that you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. Like there is no operator here at any of the miracle locations that can operate successfully without the backbone of the staff that they have. So, you know, and we're all feeling the realities of that these days and when, you know, staff are are hard to come by, but, you know, covet them, hug them, make sure they are, you know, advocating for you in every sense, make sure that they are showing up you know, dressed for success and for Christmas, rocking out something that you yourself are investing in because they are the front line. So to me, one of the most important things is conditioning your staff through education and love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great Year message. round, honestly. I, I think it. that's a good message. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. This was amazing. We had Seriously. such a fun time. And I am, I even just talking about, I'm not even at the bar and I'm in the holiday spirit. I was going to say, the holiday spirit is just, visit. I am awash in holiday spirit right now. It's yeah. fantastic. I know. Well, I, the only thing I'm sad about is that I don't, I can't just like zoom through the screen and give you a drink right here and right now. But Zach, we'll sort you out in a few weeks yeah. in, in New York and uh, <laughs> You know, Claudia, you have to come over to New I'm York gonna eventually. Have to visit, for sure. That's right. I'm going I to. Promise, I'm gonna... I, don't, I don't have one in Chicago for you this year, but uh, I, I'll get one back in Chicago for next year. So oh, you'll, perfect. Uh, you'll be able to. You'll be, be able to be my local girl in, in that uh, in that miracle. <laughs> I will be your influencer. <laughs> so you want to run a restaurant? We'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There's plenty of like. For all the operators that, that do plug into this, there's plenty of markets still open. You know, I, 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 I never stop adding on for the next season. I, I guess to the window kind of in September, I probably pushed it a bit late this year as well of like cutting off. But, mm-hmm. you know, anyone that contacts me, even at this window, gets pushed into the following season. Like as in, it's, it's far too late. So people that yeah. hit me up in September, it's like, hey, we're interested in Christmas. I'm like, you're already like three months too late, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm not in you know November and December of this year. You know anyone that reaches out, it's really important to connect with them and say like, hey, you, you've missed the boat this year, but plug into the actual accounts that are close to you. Go go to a live miracle. See what you're going to get involved in next year. Talk to the yeah. operators; they have time for you, and see miracle live and in motion. And then let's talk in January about getting you signed up in that window. So it's it's like. When I said there was no doubt time, like it's really, really, really important. I probably sign up more locations in that January to March window than I do at any other time of the year. So wow. when people it's ask me, listen, in September, I'm like, oh, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I've, I've anyone listening who's been to one knows the magic, and anyone who hasn't should look into it because it's, you know, it seems like a product that's working for you guys. So, uh, yeah. Joanne, seriously, thank you awesome. so much for coming on here today because this was incredibly enjoyable to talk with you about. And yeah. the holiday spirit will be beaming from me henceforth. So thank you so much for sitting down yes. with us. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for the time. I really, really appreciate it. All of us here at Backup House and the So You Want to Run a Restaurant team would like to wish you and your families a very happy holiday season. And we'll see you guys in the next year. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays. Want to hear more listeners? Then you need to head to backofhouse.io, where you can find the latest on restaurant technology, food service industry news, a ton of free how-to guides, like how to digitize your space, how to work with food influencers, the latest on restaurant relief, and more interviews with industry experts. And while you're there, definitely remember to sign up for their free weekly newsletter, Eat.News. Back of House has a team of food service industry writers and journalists who cut through the noise and give you the headlines that you really need to see each week. This is honestly one of the best weekly food service focused newsletters I've ever read or seen, and I wouldn't say that if it weren't true. Follow us on Twitter at BOH underscore podcast and at We Are Back of House on all other platforms.